Hi guys, my name is Sarah Balding, and this is my podcast, Faithfully Fallen. So today we are going to be talking about measuring your faith and how that can lead to unhealthy comparisons if you do it in the wrong way. But the first thing that we're going to do is pray. Dear God, I just thank you for this day and this time that we have to learn more about you. I pray that you would just be over everything that I'm saying and that these would be truths that are coming from you and that you would just soften our hearts so that we can receive them and then work towards applying them to our lives. Uh, I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So I don't know if this is just me, but I have always liked to measure my progress on whatever I'm doing, whether that was in school, whether that was in golf. There's always different ways that you can measure how you're doing and how you're growing in whatever you're pursuing. And so when I started to have faith, I wanted to do the same thing. And I found myself asking, like, how can I measure my faith? How can I tell if I'm being a good Christian or not? And these questions led me into a bad mindset where I began to compare myself to other people. And it really wasn't beneficial for me, and it's really not what we're supposed to do as Christians. So today I'm going to talk about two unhealthy comparisons, and then what we should do instead of trying to measure our faith. So the first one is, I've compared myself with other Christians in the past, and I would look at other people around me, other Christians, and I would look at how they were reading their Bible, how they um, were worshiping, how their prayer life was, and I would just feel very intimidated that that wasn't exactly what I was doing, and I would let that um, inhibit me from pursuing God more because I was like, oh, well, if I'm not doing exactly what that other Christian is doing, then I'm failing, I'm a bad Christian, and I shouldn't even try. And that is clearly not the right mindset, but that is what comparing myself to other Christians led me to believe and um, made me think. And then another unhealthy comparison is I would compare myself with non-Christians. And I would I would look at other people and I'd say, oh, well, at least I don't do what they're doing. At least I'm not sinning in the way that they're sinning. And I would let that make me become prideful that I was I was doing a great job at being Christian. I was so much better than everyone else. In both of these mindsets, whether you're feeling shameful and like you're not good enough or whether you're feeling prideful like you're above other people, both of these mindsets are so wrong and they can lead you to um, not grow in your faith or to just be on the wrong track in the wrong mindset. So we're going to talk about how those are wrong. And then I also have two Bible stories to share with you guys about um, just what I've learned from reading the word, how we can have good fellowship and how we can learn not to compare ourselves to other people. So first we're going to talk about comparing yourself to maybe other Christians or just other people's spiritual practices and how that can be harmful to you. So 
the big idea here is that um, when you do this, you can become jealous of other people's um, like faith, basically. But in the Bible, God tells us many times, it's actually in the commandments, not to covet or not to be jealous of other things. And I think a great example um, in the Bible of when people did this, and instead of looking at how God was working in other people's lives and being jealous of that, but um, instead of doing that, um, these two women in the Bible just really came together and um, exhibited fellowship for us so that now we know what we can do as Christians to build each other up instead of comparing ourselves and kind of having that competition mindset. So I'm going to be talking about Mary and Elizabeth, and these are the mothers of Jesus and John the Baptist, and I'm going to be pulling it from Luke 1, 39 through... Well, I'm just going to read a little bit, and then I think I'm going to summarize a little bit more. So I'm going to start in Luke 1.39, and it says this. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. And then it goes on um, where Mary will sing a song of praise. And then in Luke 1.56, it says, Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. So I don't know about you guys, but the first time that I read this, I was shocked because if I was Elizabeth and I was pregnant with John the Baptist, like just picture that, um, <laughs> and Mary was coming over with the son of man, Jesus Christ, in her belly, I would be just a wee bit jealous of her. and. Elizabeth doesn't show that at all. Elizabeth really understands here that she has a purpose and Mary has a purpose and those purposes are different. And instead of being jealous of Mary that she's giving birth to the Messiah, instead of comparing her blessings from God to Mary's blessings from God and just their different lives and situations, instead of competing with her, she just praises God. And they praise God together. First, Elizabeth praises God, and then Mary praises God. And they're just acknowledging and appreciating God's blessings for each other rather than comparing them between each other. And I think it's just such a beautiful picture of fellowship because Mary stays with Elizabeth for three months after that. And they just get to praise the Lord together and live alongside each other, helping each other rather than competing. So that is just an example that I love of how Christians can just grow together with the Lord rather than comparing each other and um, that leading into harmful mindsets for Christians. So then the other side of it is comparing yourself with maybe non-Christians or just other people who might be giving into temptation or sinning differently than you. 
And I think it's important before I give you guys a little another story that I mention in Romans 3.23, it says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And this is just a reminder because when you look at other people and you begin to judge them and compare yourself as above them, that is not something you should do because you too have fallen short of the glory of God. If we are all sinners, then you can't put yourself above anyone else because you're not at God's level and neither are they. So you're at the same level. So it's just really important that we don't judge other people. Only God judges after death. And so now we can get into the story that I have for you guys um, that kind of goes along with that. And it's in John 8. And you might have heard it before, but it's about the woman who is caught in adultery. And I'm just going to read from 8 1 to 8 11. And it says, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him, but Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. So I really like this story for a couple of reasons. And the first one is that it reminds us that we are all sinners. These Pharisees and other people were trying to condemn this woman for sinning and committing the sin of adultery. But Jesus humbled them and reminded them, you too are sinners. So who are you to judge another sinner if you too fall short of the glory of God? And another important part of this passage is that Jesus stayed. While everyone else slipped away one by one, Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. And that is because Jesus was perfect and he didn't sin. He was the only one who didn't sin. He had the right to condemn this woman. He had every right because he was perfect and this woman was sinful. But rather than condemning her, he said, neither do I go and sin no more. And I think that is something that is so important to remember when you're dealing with measuring your faith and comparing yourself to other people. Because at the end of the day, you can't put yourself above any other sinners because you too are a sinner. And you can't compare yourself to other Christians because God has a different purpose for you. But Jesus, Jesus was the perfect follower. So he's the only one that we can look to. And we're going to get into that a little bit more now. But the first thing that you have to know about measuring your faith is that you don't actually need to do it. You don't need to measure your faith because God's love is not going to change dependent upon how big or how small your faith is. 
It tells us in Romans 8, 35 and 37 through 39, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So you don't have to compare yourself to other people, and you shouldn't. Because God's love is not determined by that. His his love is unconditional. That means no matter what is going on in your life, no matter what you're doing, God still loves you. And he loved you enough to send his son to offer you salvation and to save you from the punishment of sin. So really the only question here concerning measuring your faith is whether or not you're following God or you're following yourself. And we talked about this a little bit two weeks ago in Living by the Spirit, because it's really all or nothing. You're either following God with everything you have, or you're not following God like that. And following the Lord is going to look different for everyone. Like we talked about with Elizabeth and Mary, there's no point in comparing your faith journey to someone else's because we have all been created for individual purposes. It reminds us of this in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, when it says, all of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. So if each of us is a part, we're all a different part that makes up Christ's body. And we're all going to reach different people through um, God's help and to build his kingdom. And we're all going to be doing different stuff for God on this earth. And that will look different in everyone's life. Your faith works will look different because you're not doing the same thing as the person next to you. And that's okay. And that's good. So you don't have to measure your faith and ask yourself, am I being a good Christian? Am I being a bad Christian? You just have to ask yourself if you are a Christian, if you're really following the Lord. And one way that you can identify this is that all Christians should start to look like Jesus, who was the perfect follower. And this is the idea of sanctification, which is a word that I recently learned couple of days ago, but the idea I had known, and it is just this idea that you are freed from sin and purified when you follow God. And it talks about this in 2 Corinthians 3.18 when it says, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of God. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. So, Jesus is the standard. He was the perfect follower. And if we're following God, we're going to become more and more like him. And we're never going to be Jesus because we're not perfect and we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. But as we follow the Lord every day, a little bit more, we will become more like him and we will act more like him. So you can reflect upon your spiritual practices and Ask yourself if you really are becoming more like Jesus. 
Are you praying like Jesus, listening to God like Jesus? Are you obeying God like Jesus? You can ask yourself these questions, but I just want to mention that you're not going to know the answers to these questions if you're not reading your Bible. If you don't know who Jesus was and what he did and how he lived, you're not going to know if you're living that way. You're not going to know how to follow God unless you're reading about God and his character and what he's done in the past and what he still promises to do for you. Now, I just want to take a moment to talk a little bit about works and faith because this is a little bit controversial, but we've kind of been circling around it a little bit through this whole talk. And this is just about the idea of having faith and then doing works for your faith, going out into the world and doing tangible things for the kingdom. And there are two verses that a lot of people bring up in this, and I'm going to talk about both of them. And the first one talks about being saved by faith alone. And this is in Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. It says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So this is really just the idea that our salvation is a gift from God. And if you believe, you are saved. And then there is also another verse in James 2.17 that talks about faith. And it says, so also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So we have these two ideas that might seem a little bit contradictory, but when we look at them more, it actually makes a lot of sense. And I like to compare this to a tree because God had a lot of tree metaphors, and I feel like it just makes a lot of sense. And so we know that we're saved by faith alone, but we also know that our faith has to have works to be alive. Otherwise, it's dead. And so if you think of a tree, your faith is the tree. And your faith has to be rooted in acknowledging that Jesus Christ is your savior. That's your belief. That is your faith. That's where it all comes from. And from those roots, your tree grows. And if your tree is healthy, if you have strong faith, if you're close to the Lord, you automatically will start to have fruit grow onto your tree and your healthy tree will grow and produce those fruits. And those fruits are going to be the works in your life. It's going to be obeying the Lord when he tells you to do something. It's going to be showing generosity. And that comes from a love of the Lord and thankfulness for Jesus Christ. That doesn't come from just doing works to do works or because someone told you to. It comes from that tree that is rooted in Jesus. And it comes from that place in your heart of wanting to serve the Lord. But if your tree isn't healthy, if you don't have that strong faith, then you're not going to be able to produce those fruits, those works in your life. And so it's really just making sure that when you are reading your Bible, when you are praying, whatever you're doing for your faith in your life, you have to make sure that it's coming from the fact that you have faith rather than just trying to do what everyone is telling you to do. So it's just checking your heart and making sure that you're um, really following the Lord and doing those works because you love him. So just before we're done, I just wanted to mention that if you are trying to measure your faith, if you're asking yourself if you're a good Christian or not, 
that is not a bad thing, okay? Because in the end, that means that you care enough about your faith to want to be good at it, to want to follow the Lord well. But when you take that and you compare yourself to other people, that can be a really dangerous path and it can be harmful to your faith journey. So instead of doing that, we can look to Jesus, who was the perfect follower, Jesus who died for us and took the blame for our sins because Jesus was perfect and he had the choice to condemn us as we found in John 8, but he did not. Rather than doing this, he said, neither do I go and sin no more. Jesus doesn't condemn us. He chose to save us. And he does this so that we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to measure our faith or compare ourselves to others or a set of rules and regulations. Instead, we can just have this choice to follow God and then have our slate wiped clean. We can have our sins separated as far as the East is from the West. And that's all we need. You don't have to identify if you're perfect or not because Jesus was perfect and he made us perfect through the blood of the lamb. Praise God for that. Praise him that we don't have to be perfect or measure our faith or compare ourselves to other people. We just have to follow the Lord and trust in his individual plan for us. So if you find yourself um, growing in your faith and starting to compare yourself to other people. Just remember that the, the standard is Jesus, the perfect follower, and we look to him and try to be like him day by day a little bit more as we're being sanctified because he is all we need to turn to. Because while he is the standard, we will never reach it, but we still try because that is following the Lord and that is all you need to measure. Well, that is all I had for you guys. So thank you for just taking the time to listen to this and just joining me on this journey as we learn together how to faithfully follow God.